0: song service Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 4 says but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sin hath quickened us together with Christ by grace Ye are saved
1: it's good to be in the Lord's house today brother Butler would you open us in a word of prayer please I'm singing hymn number 179, Such Love, Such Wondrous Love.
2: Once again, we'll sing hymn number 153 How Firm a Foundation, the Saints of the Lord.
1: See you
0: Your love is still a mystery Each day I fall on my knees Cause your grace still amazes me Your grace still amazes me
2: To never cease to amaze us, that are who we are, who He is, and what He's given to us through Jesus Christ. May we stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 170. Hallelujah. What a saint. You may
1: be seated.
3: satisfied. And then I heard my Savior speaking, draw from my well that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up world who are craving the pleasure earthly things afford, but none can catch the wondrous treasure that I will find in Jesus Christ my Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. I lifted up. If the things this world gave you leave hungers that won't pass away, my Fill my cup, Lord I lift it up Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole.
4: <clears throat> Take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn to the book of First Samuel. No, this is not Sunday night. Well, we will be back in 1 Samuel this afternoon, um, kind of a two-part uh, message, and so I thought today might be a good opportunity to do that. And uh, also, Pastor's gone, be in prayer for him. He's in Spokane, Missouri, uh, preaching a revival there at Faith Baptist Church. And uh, so he'll be there through uh, preaching through Wednesday and then uh, able to spend a couple of extra days after that with Miss Cindy, uh, spend some time away, and so grateful they have the opportunity to do that. Uh, Thankful for the opportunity to preach this morning, uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 2. And uh, if you would stand with me, please. We're going to look at verse number 12. This morning we'll look at uh, verse number twelve through the end of the chapter, and this afternoon we'll look at chapter number three as we consider uh, this idea: the making of a prophet, the making of a prophet. And so, First Samuel chapter number two and verse number twelve. Now, the sons of Eli were sons of Belial; they knew not the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest servant came while the flesh was in seething, with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand, and he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also before they burnt the fat, the priest servants came and said to the man that sacrificed, "Give flesh to roast for the priest." For he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, then take as much as thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year, when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah, so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was very old. And heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. Ye make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. We'll stop our reading there uh, this morning. We'll pray and then we'll start looking at the making of a prophet. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to meet together in your house this morning. And uh, Lord, I ask you to help us as we look at this account of uh, Hophni and Phinehas and Samuel and the differences that they have. And, and uh, Lord, I ask you to speak to our hearts through your word. Uh, Lord, I ask you to help me to only say what you want me to say. Uh, Lord, please use me. Uh, Lord, I need your help this morning. I ask you to uh, please bless in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we looked at the beginning of the book of 1 Samuel, as we started at the introduction of the book, uh, uh, one of the key themes that I mentioned that we'll see through through the remainder of the book and is highlighted today, uh, one of the themes of 1 Samuel is this idea of who God will use and who God will despise. And we see that today in a very clear way, though we've seen it a little bit before. Uh, you remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, I'm sure in chapter 1 as we preached, that uh, God used Hannah in a special way and God despised uh, 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 Elkanah's other wife, Penina. Uh, he, he used Hannah, He despised uh, Penina because of Hannah's attitude. You remember that Hannah's attitude was that she came before the Lord and said that she is a handmaid of the Lord. She said, Wh- whatever, God, whatever you want, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, it's not about what I want because obviously Hannah was real interested in having children, and uh, you recall the all of the social and financial benefits, the spiritual benefits that it, that came with having children. And Hannah was of course interested in that, but God worked on her heart and she submitted to the Lord, and and God obviously blessed her with the child Samuel. As we read, you, uh, I'm sure that you saw there in verse number 21 of our chapter this morning uh, that God blessed her with even more children. Uh, but it all came back to that God used Hannah because Hannah was interested in what he wanted rather than what she wanted. And as we come to First Samuel chapter number two, after we uh, the beginning of the chapter, you remember that uh, Hannah prays to the Lord in the spirit of worship uh, that she had and was thankful for the sovereignty of God and working through uh, working through human events to make things come to pass. Uh, and after that happens, we now come to where the focus is not so much on uh, Elkanah and Hannah and Samuel, but these couple of chapters here, uh, chapter two, the end of it, and chapter three. We find the focus is now shifted to Eli and his two sons. Eli was the high priest of Israel. Uh, He was a descendant of Aaron and one of Aaron's sons, uh, the the younger son of Aaron. And uh, he served there as a high priest. And uh, as we come to read some of the accounts, uh, we find that Eli was not that good of a priest. Uh, there were some real problems in Eli's life, and uh, we'll see, get into some of the details. But we find that one of the main problems in Eli's life was not necessarily himself, but his sons. His sons were terrible people. That's putting it lightly. Uh, it says there in verse number 12 that uh, the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. Uh, that word, sons of Belial, that phrase, it means this, that they were worthless people who practiced lawlessness. That's a pretty good way to describe it. And you see the actions that they took? They were pretty worthless people and they were supposed to be the priests as well. Their dad was the high priest, and when Eli was supposed to uh, pass away, then they were supposed to take up the mantle and serve as the high priest. The high priest had a lot of important duties. Uh, they would uh, be uh, they would help the people with the offerings, and the there were many offerings in the Old Testament that were laid out, and so they would help people through each one, and they would do uh, various things around the tabernacle and setting up and tearing down and making sure things were okay and uh, fulfilling the table of the showbread and making the making sure the candle was lit and and just Taking care of the tabernacles. There was a lot of important things that the high priest had to do. And after Eli was gone, that was supposed to be the job of Hophni and Phinehas. But notice the things that Hophni and Phinehas were doing. Verse number 13 it says that the priest's custom with the people. Was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest servant came with the fle- when the flesh uh, was in seething, with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand, he struck it into the pan uh, or kettle or, or cauldron or pot, uh, kind of just making sure we got all the bases covered, whatever thing they were cooking with. Okay, uh, all the flesh hook, all that the flesh hook brought up of the uh, brought up, the priest took for himself. And so, uh, in the law, in uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, uh, God set up how the priests were supposed to be provided for. Uh, there was a specific. Uh, there were specific parts of the animal sacrifices that, when the people brought them to the tabernacle to uh, make their offerings, the priests were supposed to have a specific part, and it was part of the shoulder and uh, one other part of the animal, uh, and they were. That was what they were allowed to take, and that's how God's priests were taken care of uh, by way of food. And obviously, uh, meat would have been very, uh, very rare uh, uh, delicacy, and so uh, God made sure that His priests were. Taken care of because that's an important job. Because among the offerings, the high priest also was supposed to go before the very presence of God, and so that's that's a big deal. And God made sure His priests were taken care of. But somewhere between Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteron- Deuteronomy, and 1 Samuel, they the priests themselves had changed the custom of how much food they were able to take. Instead of what God wanted as far as the shoulder and I believe another part of the side, uh, but uh, instead of doing that, what they had set up, you see there it says that the priest's custom with the people was, it was something that they decided to do, that they would take uh, uh, what would basically look like our idea of a modern hand rake. You, you know those that they have three prongs, you scrape in the garden and you're planting stuff, right? They would take something that looked similar to that, a, a rake with three prongs, and they would cast it into. To whatever they they were cooking into, and whatever the hooks brought up, that's what they kept for themselves. Sometimes it might have not worked out well for them, but sometimes it would have worked out really well for them, where they would have gotten a lot, depending on how they grabbed it, right? And so it it usually benefited them more, uh, physically speaking, than what God had set up. And so they said, "You know what? We can get some more food if we do this our way." And so that's what they did. The priest's custom was to do that. And so they struck it, and it says there verse 14, So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. So they took more than what they were supposed to. That's what Hophni and Phinehas did. They took more than what God said was allowed for them. But not only that, they took it differently than how God said it was supposed to be taken. Not only more, but differently. Look at the next verse, verse number 15. Also, before they burnt the fat, the priest's servants came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. So part of the other aspect of giving the priest their food that God designed for them was that it was supposed to be given to the priest after it was cooked. Uh, And I don't know what the difference was, but that's what God said. And that's what they should have done, right? Okay, good, yes. If God says it, that's what they should have done. But that's not what they did. They said before we even cook it, we're going to take the parts that we want and we're going to take as much of it as we want and that's what we're going to do because we like to season it real good, right? We like to add different stuff to it. We like the seasonings that we have instead of the seasonings that they have. They have Walmart seasonings and we have Kansas City Joe's seasonings, right? That, that's, not in, that's in the Hebrew, right? No, that's not. They wanted to do it their way though. That's what they wanted. They wanted to cook it, however they wanted to cook it, and so they they took it. Uh, For he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And so, verse number sixteen, we find that some people didn't like that. That's good. Some people didn't like that Hophni and Phinehas were taking advantage of them. And so it says there, verse number 16, If any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it me now. And if not, I will take it by force. And so some people said, Wait, hold on. Uh, priests Hophni and Priest Phinehas, what are you doing? This is not what you're supposed to do. And so uh, Hophni and Phinehas had told their servants, they said, If anybody pushes back, uh, then just take it by force. Just kind of rough them up a little bit and then make sure I get what I want. That's what he said. That's what they had set up. And so verse number 17, we see how God thought about this. Wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm thinking it's just some food, right? But this is serious to God because God had set it up. God said, This is what I desire. This is what I expect of my priests. This is what I expect of the people that, uh, that are called to follow me with their entire life. This is what I expect, and they're not doing it. And so God said, This sin is very great before me. Very great. And then we have a very sudden, uh, very sudden shift in verse number 18. Uh, we get a pretty bleak picture, right, of Hophni and Phinehas, Eli, uh, Eli's sons. We have a very bleak picture. And then out of nowhere it seems, verse number 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord. God is wanting to make sure that we don't lose sight of the bigger picture. That while there were corrupt leadership in Israel, there was still somebody who was being raised right. There was still somebody who was coming up as not a minister unto themselves, but a minister to the Lord. And that's what Samuel was. And we'll see that through his life, that, that Samuel, all of his days, ministered before the Lord. But we notice here in verse number 18, a, a, a qualifier, that he was just a child. Hophni and Phinehas were grown. They were old men. Not old, old, but they should have known better. They, they were raised in the, t- in the tabernacle. They were raised with their dad, the high priest of Israel. They should have known that when the people come to offer sacrifices, they could take the shoulder and they could take part of the side and they had to do it after it was bold and that's all that they could take. But they had grown up and said, you know what, we're going to do our own thing. And in contrast to that, in direct contrast, we have Samuel, a little child that whatever God said, that's what he did. It didn't matter if he didn't like bold meat. It, It didn't matter if he didn't like the shoulder and the side. What God said Samuel was going to do as just a child. Notice he was girded with the linen ephod, the clothing of the, of the priestly office. And uh, every year his mom would come uh, with, his, with, uh, with Elkanah, with his dad. And they would come and they would bring him a new coat every year. And uh, every, every year when they came to do the sacrifice. In verse number 20, uh, we find this, that Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said... The Lord give the seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord, and they went into their home. And so you remember that uh, H- Hannah, uh, he, she didn't strike a deal with God, but she said, God, if you will give me a son, I'll give him right back to you. I'll, uh, he will be as a loan to the Lord. And, uh, and so Samuel was given to the Lord. He took the Nazarite vow and all of those things, and Samuel was given back. And so Eli comes to to Hannah and Elkanah one year as they go to deliver the coat to Samuel. And uh, he says, you know what? The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. Uh, The Lord repaid the loan with interest. Because notice what the Lord did for Hannah. He didn't just give her one more child to replace Samuel. Samuel couldn't be replaced. He didn't just give her one child. He gave her five more with interest. What the Lord takes, he gives back. And so he, he gave her with interest. Verse number 21, the Lord visited Hannah. Notice the last phrase. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. This is not just physically speaking. This is spiritually speaking as well. That he grew. As he grew up, he, I'm sure that he noticed the, the, the terribleness of Hophni and Phinehas. He noticed that. He noticed how they, how they had caused people to abhor the offering of the Lord. Verse number 17, uh, we skimmed over it, but the last phrase of it, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Uh, people didn't even like going to the tabernacle to give their offerings anymore. They hated the offering. The offering was supposed to be a good thing. The offering was supposed to, be a, uh, was supposed to uh, placate God's wrath to, to, to postpone His wrath to, to cover their sins with the blood of bulls and goats. Uh, and it wasn't a perfect example. We know that because Jesus would come and be the perfect uh, sacrifice. Uh, but year after year, that was, the, that was what they were supposed to do. That was how they were supposed to have a clean standing with God was through the offerings. But they didn't even like doing that. Because of Hophni Phinehas, the, the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But, child, but the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now notice that Eli, he doesn't do much, but he does try to do something. I guess we could give him that. Verse number 22. Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, this is not expounded upon in scripture, but in in my eyes, this is worse. But to God, they were both terrible, right? It was just it was just as bad that they would lay with they would have sexual relationships with women who had come to bring offerings to the Lord, who had come to serve the Lord in the tabernacle or near the tabernacle. They would would have these extramarital affairs with them. and, 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 And so this was they were terrible there. They were terrible with the food, with stealing more than what God had required of them. They were just terrible all around. And Eli knows about this the whole time. He knows about it. And when he's old, he finally says, You know what, sons, you're not doing too good. Not too good. Uh, He didn't say that, but he he made it a little bit worse. He said unto them, Why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, don't do it. What are you doing? Uh, For it is no good report that I hear. Ye make the Lord's people to transgress. Not only were they transgressing, but their influence made other people transgress. Their influence made other people sin against God. Verse number twenty-five: If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Uh, So he's he's pleading with them. Will you will you not repent? Will you not will you not admit that what you're doing is wrong? But they wouldn't do it, notwithstanding. They hearkened not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. And so, because of their wickedness, the Lord would take their life. He would take the life of Hophni. He would take the the life of Phinehas. Verse number 26, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. And so we see the sons of Eli and the son of Elkanah. We see the deep contrast that runs through these examples. We see Samuel that even though he was a child, he followed God. Whatever God said, that's what Samuel did. And whatever Hophni and Phinehas wanted to do, that's what they did. Very opposite uh, attitudes for life. Very opposite. And so notice God's response to the son. We see Eli's response to his sons, but notice God's response to both of them. Verse number 27, we find that a prophet, he's not given a name, but we find a prophet, a man of God, comes to Eli, uh, verse number 27, and says unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear, uh, excuse me, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by the fire of the children of Israel? He says, "I I chose your family as a special family. The, the family of Aaron and and his uh, and, and the Aaronic uh, priest line uh, the, that would follow the, fa- the family of Levi, the tribe of Levi. Did I not choose this tribe specifically to serve me in the way that they have been supposed to for these hundreds of years? Did I not choose Levi to, 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 to serve in the tabernacle and to bring the offerings before me? Did I not choose them? Even while they were still in Egypt, for hundreds and hundreds of years, I've had a special purpose for the priests of Israel and notice the next question wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded in my habitation why do you kick at it now, there's a literal picture here right the priesthood I don't care about it right it doesn't matter I'm going to grind it into the dirt I'm going to kick it as far as I can doesn't matter, because what I want to do is what I'm going to do, and that's all I'm interested in. Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice and my offering, which I commanded in my habitation. And notice here, and honorest thy sons, he's talking to Eli, why do you honor your sons above me, to, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people, they, they were living high on the hog, figuratively speaking. They were Jews, so they were living high on the cattle, right? They were living high off of it. Uh, they, they took the best of the best for themselves. They were living their best life physically. Why are you doing this? Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. That, that's what I desired. That's what I expected, was for you to walk before me. But now... The Lord saith, be it far from me. Eli and your sons and your family, you're done. That's it. Game over. You're not going to be the priest anymore. You're not going to serve me anymore. You're not going to have the opportunity to serve me anymore. You're done. And here's why. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me, shall be lightly esteemed. There it is right there. God said, Eli, Hophni, Phinehas, you know why I'm done with you? Because you were done with me a long time ago. You did not honor me, and I'm not going to honor you. I'm I'm not going to give you the chance. I'm not even going to let you near the place where you're supposed to be. Because you're supposed to be my servants. But you're not going to have that chance anymore. Because you honored yourself instead of honoring me. Verse number 31 What's the result of that? Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. Uh, You know that the the arm here is a picture. He's not literally making somebody be a, a paraplegic, right? He's not cutting off their actual arm. He's talking about cutting off their authority, cutting off their position, uh, cutting off their opportunity to be in, as a high priest in, in the tabernacle. Uh, it's not going to happen anymore. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation and all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And thou shalt not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man of thine whom I shall not cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart in all. The increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. that shall die young and this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas, in one day they shall die, both of them. We'll see the account of that in a couple of chapters. I think maybe chapter four, uh, when this comes to pass. But we see that God here, he, uh, through the man of God, through the prophet, he says, Hophni and Phinehas, you're going to die. Both of you. In the same day. You're done. Your arm will be cut off. Your power is done. Your authority is done. Your position is gone. Why? Because You honored yourself instead of honoring me. That's why. Verse number 35, excuse me. And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left in thine house uh, shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread. And she'll say, put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices that I may eat a piece of bread. Uh, what he's saying is there's going to come a day when uh, because you're not going to be in the priest's house, you're not going to have uh, any opportunities to even really survive financially. And so you're going to have to come and it says you're going to have to crouch and you're going to have to beg for just a morsel of bread. Because they honored themselves instead of honoring God. Verse number 35 talks about a faithful priest. I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. That's a pretty similar to, uh, pretty similar phrase, uh, to how God describes David. And we'll, well, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but you recall that, that, that God calls David a man after my own heart. Right. In uh, chapter 16, I believe. And so we find a very similar phrase here in verse number 35, where he describes the priest. And uh, at first glance, uh, I'll be honest, at first glance, I thought that this was talking about Samuel. uh, But Samuel was not part of the high priest office. He he did some of the priestly duties. We'll see that that he he built altars and he did sacrifices and he did some of those things. But Samuel would not be the high priest that would go to a different family. That would go to the family of somebody named Zadok. Look over at 1 Kings chapter number 2, please, real quick. 1 Kings chapter number 2. Hophni and Phinehas' sons did have chance to fulfill the office of high priest, but not for very long. We see that David's son Solomon became king, and uh, verse number 27 of 1st King chapter number 2, there had been a lot of problems, there had been some uprisings, there had been a a bunch of issues, and so it says there, so Solomon thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto the Lord. Abiathar is the descendant of, I think, Phinehas, if I'm not mistaken, He's the, the grandson of Phinehas. He thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto the Lord that he might fulfill the word of the Lord which he spake concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. He set up, instead of Abiathar, he took Abiathar out of office and he set up Zadok. Zadok plays a pretty big role, not only in the life of Solomon and David, but all throughout the rest of the Bible and even into the future from now. We see in the end times, we won't go there, but if you look in the book of Ezekiel, that the office of Zadok plays a part in the end times. Zadok, a high priest. Why? why? For thousands and thousands of years, why was it Zadok? And why was it the descendants of, uh, of Zadok instead of the descendants of Eli? Because the descendants of Eli honored themselves instead of God. Now, Maybe you're asking, well, what does that matter about us? You're just talking about priests here and high priests. Well, First Peter chapter number two says this: that you and I are part of a royal priesthood. That we were not as Gentiles, we were not the people of God, but we are now the people of God, and because of that, we've been given. We're a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. And so my question is to this morning: is what kind of priests are you? I'm, well, I'm not going to go into all the duties of the priesthood and how that transfers over. I'm not going to talk about that. What I'm going to talk about is this. Are you the kind of priest that honors yourself or honors God? What does it mean to honor God? To honor God... Does, I, I wrote this on, on the side of my belt. That's why I'm holding it weird. Right? To honor God does not necessarily imply doing great things for Him. It is rather this. It's the consistently maintained attitude of heart which refers every choice to his judgment, measures every value by his standard, and endeavors to make every incident of life contribute to the glorifying of his name. That's what it means to honor God. And so I want to ask you, are you the kind of priest that honors God or honors yourself? Are you the kind of priest that refers every choice to his judgment? Because there's a lot of things that we could just choose that that's what we want to do and do that instead of asking what does God want us to do. But when we ask God what he wants, that's how we honor him. It's not just that we do these big things. It's not just that we uh, make a name for ourselves in the name of serving God. It's just as simple as this. It's a consistently maintained attitude that asks God, what do you want for my life? Instead of what do I want for my life? It refers every choice to his judgment, and it measures every value by his standard. The things that you hold important, have you weighed them against what he feels is important? Do you esteem, do you make much of what God makes much of? Or do you just make much of what you want? Well, I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I, and I, and I, 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 I. That's what I want to do. That's not a faithful priest. That's not a faithful priest that lasts for for generations. A faithful priest is one who refers every choice to his judgment and measures every value by his standard, but also this, makes every incident of life a way by which we can glorify his name. Hophni and Phinehas, they said, it doesn't matter about God's name, it matters about my name. And because of that, men abhorred the offering of the Lord. They abhorred coming to the tabernacle. They abhorred doing what they were supposed to do because they were worried about their own name. But as a faithful priest who does that which is in God's heart and in God's mind, we should be concerned about his name. How can we lift his name higher? How can we make his name bigger? uh, according to my earnest expectation, my hope, that in nothing else shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, and so now always, Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. That's what Paul prayed in Philippians chapter number one. He said, it doesn't matter if I die or if I live, I want Christ to be magnified, to be glorified. And so this morning, very, very simply this, what kind of priest are you? Do you honor yourself or do you honor God? Do you make much of what he makes much of, or do you make much of what you want? Father, thank you so much for everything you've given to us. Thank you for this example that we have. Uh, Lord, it's partly a negative example, and we see that, uh, but Lord, it's a strong example, and uh, Father, I ask you to help each person in here as part of the royal priesthood that we would be a faithful priest that does that which is in your heart and in your mind. Lord, I ask you to help us to honor you so that you might honor us. Uh, That's how you decide who to use. You're interested in using those who are for you and who honor you. Lord, I ask you to please do a great work this morning in this time of invitation. Speak to our hearts, please, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. As the piano begins to play, as you stand to your feet, can you honestly say that you're trying to honor God, or are you honoring yourself? As Brother Steve sings, I'll live for him. I hope that that will be the prayer for your hearts this morning. Verse number one. Appreciate you being here this morning, Brother Jeff's going to come with our announcements before we're dismissed for, uh, for lunch.
1: All right, well, uh, I'd like to thank our, our guests. Thank you for joining us today. hope you found uh, that you're welcomed here, and uh, we look forward to having you back. I'd like to thank those who helped with the uh, youth rally. It was a great event, and so a lot of times were changed. Uh, boy, you know September's here already, and by the time we get done with the announcements, it'll be October. But uh, there's just so much going on. Catch the pirate uh, be- will begin this Wednesday, this uh, September 15th. So if you have any questions, even a business meeting following the afternoon service next Sunday. So we'll just uh, longer after that, some important information. Ladies' uh, meeting uh, September 23rd, and then uh, September 25th we have Pastor uh, John are the special guests and outreach have a good day of mm-hmm. alliance because you pose some